It's a Monday, so this must be a special edition of Jam Session, and it is. I am Juliette Littman, and you're about to hear from me, my co-host Amanda Dobbins, and the writer of last night's episode of Girls, Sarah Hayward. Sarah wrote Gummies, and we loved the episode, so we decided to talk to her about it. We also just really like girls in general. I think if you like our podcast, you probably like girls, or at least are mildly interested in it. So give this a listen. It's a great conversation, and if you haven't watched Girls, many spoilers ahead, so catch up first. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, welcome, Sarah. Thank you. So you wrote the Speaks Girls. Yes. Episode five. Yes, gummies. Gummies. Um, because Lena's or Hannah's mom uh, got marijuana poisoning from gummies. Exactly. I didn't know that was a thing. Did you know that was a thing? Marijuana poisoning. I did not. Cannabis poisoning. Cannabis poisoning. Could you tell us a little bit about the, as like a public service, could you share the history or the research behind that? It is based on a true story. I don't know if this person is going to speak publicly about it, but it is about the mother of someone. (laughs) (laughs) And they definitely ate too many edibles. And the thing with cannabis poisoning is you can't die. That part's true. Good to know. I think that made it in, but maybe it didn't. You cannot die from cannabis poisoning. But um, you can, like, vomit, and a lot of people feel like they're dying, so they go to the hospital. I would lose my mind. If I thought that I was, like, dying from having (laughs) eaten too many edibles, I might kill myself because I thought I was was dying. Lena either went to or maybe skipped, luckily, like, a bachelorette where, like, half the group got cannabis poisoning. And she said, like, an ambulance came to their hotel room. That is terrifying. Can I ask a follow-up question? Do you happen to know the type of edible in that situation? Like, was it a gummy? Was it a brownie? I don't know the the type. I think the problem would be if – and this is something I've always said about edibles – if you like the taste too much and just keep eating, right. yeah, you're, you're in trouble. trouble. So my my theory when I, I first started eating edibles was I used to like pot goldfish. And I felt that they should sell a pack of regular goldfish along with the pot goldfish <laughs> so that once you start eating the pot goldfish and get the good taste in your mouth, you can just keep eating the regular goldfish. That's a great strategy in general yeah. also for the gummies, et yeah. Keep an back alternative. Yeah. Keep a, the same snack so you're right. not tempted to go back to the pot. I pot. really appreciate the service that we've already totally. <laughs> given to the people in this episode. <laughs> totally. Um, so that kind of like like how many like plot points are you given when you start writing your episode? Oh, everything. I'd say we break like we talk about all the plot points for the whole season and episode by episode in mm-hmm. the room. And then we write down what all the scenes are going to be. As a group, we put them in order as a group. Then the writer, so in this case me, goes off, writes an outline based, Mm -hmm. but fully based on, there's not many surprises in the outline for everyone other than like little jokes and things. Sure. The structure is like what we've gone over as a group. And then once the outline's approved, you go off to write. So by that point, like the only real choices I was making were like the things that happened within each scene Mm. and certainly dialogue and jokes. But, um, I definitely, it wasn't like they're suddenly going to be in like a totally different location that like right. Lena hadn't approved. Like everything is pretty much following one structure that's already been agreed upon. So uh. we have seen five episodes at this point mm-hmm. and that's, we'll just talk about five episodes okay. and I guess I don't actually know how it's going to turn out. But so far it's an interesting decision to have Han, to have Hannah be like, yes. I'm having it. Yeah. And I'm curious about the dialogue around that decision. <sighs> I think I don't know how old you guys are. Actually, you're probably close. You're what? Like 30? I'm 31. Okay. Yeah. I I'm 32. 
And same. There was a big change with my friends in how we talked about the possibility of getting pregnant, like between being 25 and then Mm -hmm. turning 30. Absolutely. So for the past few years, whether I don't know if in the moment this would be true or not, but I've often said like at this point, you know, if I got pregnant, I would just keep it. Yeah. So to me, that's not as crazy as say like a 22 year old on a TV show. You know, so often they have people keep babies on TV shows where I'm like, I don't think in real totally. life that's right. keep this baby. Um, in this case, it did feel real to me and I think to Lena too. And we we both, um, and the other writers as well, we have friends who, met several, many friends, especially the older we get, who play it kind of fast and loose with their birth control, knowing that it's not the end of the world if right. they get pregnant. Um, or knowing that if they get pregnant, great. You know, like they'll keep, like I have friends who were like, I'm not trying to get pregnant, but I'm not using birth control. Right, <laughs> and then, right. like, they get pregnant. So, and they, they've kept the baby. So, I know sure. I know a couple people who have made choices like this. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's absolutely true. I will say this. I've known you for 30 minutes. And you um, definitely seem more together in your life than, say, certain characters on the cover in the show Girls. Yes. Specifically Hannah. Right. That's true. And I am interested in kind of the discussion of whether, of how that character Do you see it as kind of a signal that she is growing up? Is that kind of the intent? I'm not sure. I can't speak for what Lena's intent was. But to me, actually, I've and we did talk about this in the room. I have a couple friends who hadn't found their life yet and, Mm -hmm. like, hadn't gotten it together. And then getting pregnant became the thing they were doing. Right. So it's, like, a sort of interesting. One thing we did talk about a lot was, like, whether it's almost like – would be better that she's, like, failing at, in her career and then decides to keep... Like, because I've seen more often yeah. that someone, like, hasn't found themselves. And then they're like, oh, I'm a mother. That's what my thing is. So it was... What we talked about a lot was, like, whether we wanted to do it the way we're doing it, where she's getting jobs and actually succeeding as a writer, but also deciding to keep this baby. As opposed to, like, the baby's the solution. The solution, yeah. That makes so, sense. Um, yeah, I think... But I do think, like... It's not necessarily in a weird way. Someone who has their life together at thirty or thirty-two, or might be less inclined to keep the baby because they're like, no, 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 like my career is going, sure, and like I absolutely. have this and I have all these goals. Whereas someone who's a little more like hapless is like, all right, I guess this is what I'm doing. Now. Yeah. Also, it's like more likely at twenty-seven than thirty-two that you would have a lot of friends who have kids. So you might not necessarily have like a portrait of like what it actually means to have a baby in yes. front of you. So you're like kind of more willing to sign up for it. Yes. Yeah. That's not very knowing, true. Not knowing how hard exactly. it is. Exactly. I, I totally agree. My brother having a baby it was the first of like the cousins and siblings. My brother having a baby people all, that whole summer were like is it making you want one of your own and I was like I'm never having children <laughs> yeah. and I love my niece truly more than anyone in the world but like I I couldn't I yeah. I got tired after five minutes right. yeah. nothing about it made me want a child I'll never forget a call from one of my best friends about two months in and she was just like no one tells you this yes. is the hardest thing and it, I, I guess it is easier to be the first person to go because right. you don't yeah. see all of the Oh, God. Okay, right. they weren't kidding. Right. No, it like, seems really hard. I just keep telling myself that, like, we can't relate to the love you feel for the kid. Sure. And that, like, that will somehow Absolutely. make it easier. <laughs> and I won't just be like, okay, I want to read the paper and drink some coffee. Like, can yeah. someone else watch Absolutely. this child? <laughs> right. Um, I thought it was really helpful in the episode when Hannah was doing her, like, her list of reasons that she shouldn't have the baby. It, for me, it was, like, a really useful kind of, like, reset of where Hannah is right now. That's true. So I was like... It was really helpful that, first of all, that her specific age, 27, was mentioned. Because, like, it's been 
This is season six, but I, I feel like, right? Season six? It is season six, and it is hard to keep track yeah, of. Yeah, We have a bit of, like, an endless summer vibe <laughs> on girls. But I, me, um, the writer, former writer's assistant, now writer, Max Brockman, and I are, like, obsessed with timelines and uh. making things accurate. So every year we get together secretly with the script supervisor and come up with however we have to stretch it so it makes sense, like, <laughs> what month it is. And that, like, it's been this many months and this person's this age. So it is correct. She is 27. Um, okay. How old is Ray? Ray is older. He's like they tell his age at some point, don't they? I think so. He's he's like mid thirties, I think. Mid to right? late, I right. think. Yeah, because right. he's significant. He he's like ten years older than Shoshana or something. It's something like that. Yeah, that's right. what I remember. Oh right, like they on like, this subway, that subway uh, scene. Exactly. I don't remember the exact details. Yeah, yeah. I, that was like a very useful reset because yes. it also kind of then put everyone else in perspective too. Yes. Of like this is. You know, like they're 27 mm-hmm. now. It's been X number of years. Also, like how much money Hannah projects herself to be making per year. That was like, they yes. were like kind of like all very real touchstones. In some ways, it was like a very like practical mm-hmm. episode. Do you guys talk about sort of like the different like tones that you hit episode to episode? And like, was it specific in this one to be very like pragmatic to kind of like follow Hannah's frame um, of mind? We don't talk about them that way. The only time we talk about tone that, um, like that specifically would be for a bottle episode, mm-hmm. like the Matthew Reese episode or the Pat, the first Patrick Wilson. Sure, episode. right. Um, so no, it's more. It flows pretty naturally. Like what you know, some of the episodes are like more madcap, and right. that just happens. Like, and you can tell by the outline what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there are some that are end up being sad. Often in the room, like when we're talking about certain plot lines, like you'll just start to like feel the emotion. Like when when I was writing um, Hello Kitty last year, which mm-hmm. is when ha- the moment when Hannah finds out about Jessa and Adam, like on the fire escapes. Like every time we talked about it, it was the sort of like achy, like oh, you know, like it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. So like that, of course, was going to have a sad vibe. Right, right. It seems like you get episodes that have like fights or like confrontation, <laughs> confrontations. In them. Although if you look back, many episodes have fights and confrontations. That's true. That's a great point. <laughs> That's true. Is that like something you specialize in? How how do you end up with the episode that you get? They assign it almost randomly. Huh. Like a lot of it has to do with um, the early episodes in the season are always Lena and Jenny, and then usually like the highest of the high, like mm-hmm. of the exec- other executive producers. And then um, it sort of like trickles down along the way. Occasionally, there's so- some plot line that someone has to have. And like when when she was at the Iowa Writers Workshop, I had gone there. So they made sure I got a much earlier episode than I would have gotten mm. for whatever level I was. Like um, they made sure I had one of the Iowa episodes, whereas I probably otherwise would have had like episode seven. Like, right. Right. We actually, Amanda and I were beforehand, we're like, yeah, we got to ask her about about the Iowa stuff. Yes. <laughs> How much, like, of your experience informed that that plot line in, in general? Um, they, we had always talked about her possibly going to grad school mm. just because there's only so many paths an aspiring writer can take. That's true. And I talked about Iowa a lot separately just because it was, like, the best two years of my life and I'm obsessed with it. Um, and when they met me, I had, like, just come out of it. So... I once they didn't made that decision, they didn't tell me for like a month because they thought I'd get too excited and it like might go away. <laughs> so like the writer's assistant like secretly told me. So I had to like I acted really cool and they finally <laughs> told me. Um and then I got upset because I was like, you know, oh my God, I loved Iowa and we're gonna have to make Hannah not love it. Like right. unless the show is taking place in Iowa for the rest of it, she's gonna have to be Hannah in Iowa. And I really didn't want in any way to like make it look like the anything less than perfect because I loved it there so much. So first I made a huge document, like 10 single space pages of like everything about Iowa, what the social life is like, what like my memories were. 
all the writers had to read that. Um, I'm sorry to them. And then, <laughs> um, and then I just sort of, you know, I, I had, I came to terms with the fact that like a lot of stuff wasn't going to be exactly true to life. So once I got over that, we used a lot of my experience, but none of my emotional content. Like <laughs> the stuff that we used was like that. There's cubbies that right. you put letters in, or like that. My house was insanely huge and not expensive. Um, what the undergrad parties were like compared to the po- that poet party she goes to was based on a real party I'd been to and I got a lot of emails from people I hadn't heard from in years being like it was that party wasn't it (laughs) coincidentally a party where I felt like I overdosed on pot brownies so (laughs) really all comes full circle yeah seriously um and yeah but her the her experience in terms of like being judged by her classmates and all Mm -hmm. none of that Mm -hmm. we just had to do that for tv and then also I'm still close with the teachers and administrators at Iowa so I was also getting emails from them being like whatever you do don't make it seem like someone can get kicked out for the following you know like wanting (laughs) me to stay true to like their codes so I was also trying to deal with that but it worked out fine, and it was so fun for me to, like, relive even a little bit of it. Those party scenes were, were phenomenal yeah. in Iowa. Yeah. Would, it seemed like a great time. It, it is a great time. <laughs> uh, what has changed the most from, like, the earlier seasons to, like, writing this last season, basically? Like, do you go into it with a different mindset with or, like, kind of tear, tying things up? Um, we'd known how the main characters were going to end their stories, more or less, for years. Mm. So... It wasn't such a crazy... We didn't start out the season being like, all right, guys, like, how are we going to do it? You know, like, we had a lot of ideas already set. And, of course, they changed, but we knew basically what we wanted. Um, I don't know. We all all stayed kind of practical about it. It was not a very... Writing it was not very emotional. Mm. I'd say getting toward the end of filming was when things started to feel really different and final. And certainly it was incredibly strange when they're, like, taking down sets and, Mm. like giving away, you know, props from Hannah's bedroom or whatever. Um, but in the actual writing of it, I think maybe even just for our own, like, mental stability, we treated it almost like any other season. I am curious, what does change? And, you know, not in specifics, but is it, like, a character's arc or is it we're not going to do this scene anymore because it doesn't feel... Like, what changed from what we were planning? Yeah. Um, there were certain ideas we had about who would end up with who that okay. as we played the stories out or or it's like an idea we had three years ago that we don't put into action until you know like let's say we were like Marnie and Ray but we like didn't put we maybe we had that idea season two but didn't put it into action until a later season I don't know what all the seasons actually were but um, (laughs) if once we see it on screen we either come you know something changes in the chemistry or what we you know we decide that we liked it better when they weren't together or we like or it's like more interesting when they're having this kind of dynamic it just changes once you're watching it as opposed to just thinking about it in the writer's room so it was more like um something that might have seemed like a fun ending when we were just talking about it abstractly season two once we're like deep into the plot lines it's like no we want to like zig this other way right one thing that really struck me this week was like kind of a hannah's big fight about uh, with uh, elijah about her not telling him that she was pregnant was first of all, I like totally know that kind of fight where like you're mad at your friend for not giving you the information like quickly enough. Yeah. But I was I was kind of surprised it was with Elijah, right? Because like if you if you had watched season one, you would assume it was would be like with Marnie or Jessa. Um, and so I, like was the kind of like the Elijah plot like always part of the master plan, or is that sort of like oh we like Andrew Reynolds? Yeah, it was much more <laughs> we like Andrew Reynolds. Um, I mean, I do too. He's he's great. he stole the show for us. Like we weren't. Um, 
I don't think he was ever supposed to be as continuing a character as mm-hmm. he was. But from that very first episode with him in season one, he was so funny. He's so good at improvising. He brings so much to the role. And, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where we did start out being like, Marnie and Hannah are like the, you know, they are the real like romance of the show, yeah. like these best mm-hmm. friends. But as you guys probably know from your 20s, like you can think that with all your heart and then these friendships change and like yeah. you end up in a yeah. totally different place with people than you thought you would. Yeah, totally. So, But that was, I'm very curious about that. That was a mid-season realization as opposed, not a mid-season, but kind of a mid-show realization as opposed to... I'm not saying yeah, one no, way no, or no, the no. other what the true romance of yeah, the show yeah, is. Sure. You have to see the rest <laughs> Absolutely. of it to understand. Absolutely, without spoiling it. But, um, but I would say, like, it, I, a lot of these things, it's not even that we're, like, talking about it overtly. It's just like, oh, we really like seeing right. Hannah yeah. and Elijah together. Like, we want them to live together. And then, you know, once people are living together, they're in a lot of Absolutely. scenes together. Um, so it happens a little more organically than that. Um, and it also just comes out of um, the individual characters changing, which happened just pretty organically for us, um, that, of course, changes the friendships, too. So, like, Marnie has changed a lot from season Mm -hmm. one. Inevitably, the friendship with Hannah was going to change. Yeah, absolutely. I think having um, a man tell you that you're not ready to be a mom is also, in some ways, like, on the one hand, like, more hurtful, but on the other hand, like, way softer of a blow. Because it's sort of, like, it doesn't play into, like, the pre-mom-on-mom fighting that I've heard about. Or (laughs) or, or you can see in in Big Little Lies. Right. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, I love Big Little Lies. Let's go back to it. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to it. We have a lot of us. Um, But it's interesting. Like, it's almost like uh, messaging on, like, if Hannah is ready or not. I mean, I think viewers know if she's ready to be a mom, like, or have their own opinion. But, like, because Elijah is saying it and not Marnie, it's almost like a different um, judgment than than what you're expecting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, I was just like, oh, God, this is just the beginning of what's going to happen. And obviously, you can't, you know what's coming, so you don't have to comment. But you're right that it just, it was like a teaser almost yeah. that this is going to be the big argument over the next few episodes. Totally. And I also, him, him saying... Um, no one else will say it to you, so I'll say it now. Mm-hmm. It sort of is like setting this this stage yeah. for everyone else, everyone else to kind of weigh in mm-hmm. and probably not be quite as forceful, but maybe more hurtful. Yeah, Which, but also like in the same episode, you have her mom not saying that she's not right. ready. So it's like right. that's right. you know it's another possibly more significant voice. Right. Yeah. The stuff with her mom was really dark. I think I forgot about it already because I like <laughs> I like kind of blocked it out. I know. <laughs> that was that's like one of her more intense relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. I though also I I mean the first thing that I thought of just now was when I look at your baby I will think of death. Oh my God. Which is an incredible line. And I Wanted to ask about the jokes. The jokes in this episode are quite good. Oh, and thanks. I am, um, and you said that those kind of come individually. Yeah. Do you really just sit in the room and write about third eye blind, semi charm life acapella oh, covers? That which was is incredible. Um, which is yeah. incredible. No, that came from, oh my God, that was me because a lot, some, first of all, some jokes come, it's not like I write a lot of the jokes, but then all, if it's your episode, you've written probably most of the jokes. But right. then on set, people are pitching jokes. And refining, sure. The actors improvise. Like, I can't. And, like, Lena, of course, is, like, a joke machine and always has good ideas for jokes. And I have to give Judd Apatow credit for the, um, when I look at your baby, I'll think of death. (laughs) That is him all the way. He wanted that line in there. Judd, it's in there for you. Um, But the the semi-charmed life, um, one of my best guy friends in college 
was a high school acapella star and he gave me a CD or a tape, whatever it was at the time, of his high school acapella. It was a um, CD because it's in the song is still in my top 25 most played in iTunes. Oh it's God. him singing Semi-Charmed Life as like a 16-year-old. And he said, all, he was so psyched because he was like, if you, re- if you think about the lyrics, they're like really dirty um, and about like drugs and stuff. And he like sings it in this sweet like tenor voice. Um, so I was determined to get that in there and we had to like, you know, we were using the real acapella group from Oberlin, and I think we had to get them to record a version of it for us in order for us to use it. So that was, I was very happy about that. That's pretty amazing. That was a great moment. College acapella is such a thing, too. Like, is it still a thing? Well, it's perfect, right? Yeah, I guess so. Here's the thing. Like, I, we were all in college 10 years ago, and it was Stop. definitely a thing. Are definitely. people Are people still like, this is what I need to do with my college time? I think if you think it's timeless. Yeah. Wow. If you're a theatrical person, yes. like that's yeah. all you're that's into. True. I guess that's true. It's your outlet. And at also college. like at Oberlin they have the music conservatory, right? So they have all the people who can like sing and yeah. like like want like the 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 stage right away. Yeah. Northwestern is similar because there's the theater school. Yeah. So and then Dartmouth, didn't their group go on the sing off? They did. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. After I left. Yeah. It's yeah. No, it's true. Oh, you were in it? No, 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 after I left college. No, wow, no, sorry. No shots to anyone who wanted to be a part of acapella. Amanda is deeply uncomfortable with live performances. I am. So you guys have made me just excruciatingly uncomfortable many times over the course of Of the six seasons. Marnie singing stronger. Please, I just... I have watched it. It's an incredible scene that, honestly, I am having a physical reaction what, to Marnie? just thinking about oh. it. Yeah, the Marnie singing <laughs> stronger. So long ago, yeah. Um, Marnie singing in general has just, I know. yeah. Oh, God. The, I, the plot line with the folk songs. I mean, it was great, it was very effective. You guys really know what you're doing. And also, I definitely clawed my a lot eyes of out cringing, a lot. A lot yeah. Of yeah. I'm curious, what are your, looking back now, like, what are your favorite scenes or the, maybe not even favorite, but the scenes that stick with you for one reason or another? Oh, my God. Like, from over all the yeah. seasons. I love um, when Marnie and Hannah have their fight in season one at the end. She throws an eyeliner yeah. pencil at her. Yeah. An eyebrow pencil at her. Um, and she's like, you're the wound. You're the wound. There's just some very real stuff in the friendship stories that I loved. I love that scene. Um, I love... Oh, there's so... I, it's, like, so hard to think of, but... Um, I like when, you know, I, I like, like, parts of the beach house and... That's, a, that's one of my favorites. Um, it's a great episode. I like when all the... I mean, it's such a cliche thing to say. I like when all the girls are together. We feel know? the exact same way. Yeah. And, like, we it's, we always... We didn't want it to be sex in the city, but we knew we all like it when they're together, too. And, like, yeah. I know that people like when they're together. Um, I'm not so, like... Oh, my! Actually, my favorite moment in the whole—it's a lot of season one. My favorite moment in the whole series is probably Marnie and Hannah dancing, dancing yeah. to "Dancing on My yeah. Own." It's very sweet. Yeah, and I've it, recently put "Dancing on My Own" back on my iPod for running, and was thinking about that moment. And it has like—I mean, I was of a certain age in New York when yeah. the show came out, as many people were, and that—that that scene is probably emblematic of the whole series for me. Yeah, I love that so much. And there was like a sweetness in season one. And for me, like I'm like nostalgic about it. So that was really nice. And the characters weren't like fully, you know, like bitter at each other yet. (laughs) Um, And there's a lot of like musical stuff. I mean, my friends were um, obsessed with just in the Matthew Reese episode with Desperado. Yeah, that was cool. She walked out. So I like rewatched that a bunch of times. I rewatched that scene a lot of times because I was trying to figure out the exact address of that building. Oh my God, it's it's a beautiful building. Figured it out. It's like 55 from Riverside Drive, and I, okay. I it's like very close to where I grew up. It's it's Central Park West. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Riverside Drive in 79th. No, I'm 
pretty sure it's right off the park. Yeah, it's a, I think it's Riverside Drive. I real I was like I, I spent was, a lot of time on this. <laughs> Maybe not though. That white I have the address. I can look it up. All right, for great. You. Can I ask you a follow up <laughs> location question? The Chinese restaurant from last night. Yeah. Where Where is that? Um. Shoot. Which one did we end up doing? I think we did M Shanghai. In it's Williamsburg, yeah, for sure. that's why I, we looked at Kings County and okay. then we couldn't do it for some reason. And I think we ended up doing it okay. I'm like 99% Central Park West, damn it, only because I remember going to the park, right? Like during breaks. And I stuff. just thought it was Riverside because I was like, I feel like but I, but there's no river there. Oh, damn, then I, I guess it must have been Central Park West. <laughs> I was wrong. I was also, I was like, there's just way too many people and walk, walk down Riverside Drive. I was like, there's, it's never this crowded. Well, also, it's like a, fa- I mean, yeah, they're not extra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and also, like, they're going into his building. You know, like, yeah. it's not quite, like, true to sure. reality. <laughs> um, damn, I really was certain. Fuck, I'm wrong. Um, we can confirm it later. Yeah, well, there's a chance I'm wrong, but I'll be shocked <laughs> because I have, like, very vivid memories of, like, of, like, bringing Matthew Reese a coffee next to the park and feeling so cool for well, doing it. how was he? He was amazing. He's, he was so he seems fun. nice and yeah. so fun. And I just wanted to like grill him with questions about his baby and yeah. Carrie Russell. And I obviously was just polite and didn't say anything. Are you a Felicity fan? Um, yes. Felicity is kind of a spiritual predecessor to girls in some ways, I think. Like coming to New York. Yeah. 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 I I um I love Felicity personally. Me too. Um so, do, so does Lena, I think. It's just a great, it's just an incredible show. I, uh, yesterday, was reviewing my YouTube saved videos, like, that I've had for the last, like, 10 years. And, and the, the first two that I had was the final, like, advertising that played on the WB when they're, like, saying goodbye or whatever. And then the second was the final montage after the last episode of Felicity with all of the haze. And they're like, hey, hey. Oh, my God. Hey, from the first hey to the last, like, thank That's you. That's incredible. <laughs> it's a really moving video. I'll send it to you. <laughs> One of my favorite, like, musical choice moments in TV, it, like, meant so much to me at the time when Felicity was on, which I think was, like, high school. 99, 2002. Um, right. So, thank you. Um, <laughs> was when she decides to... Um, change his pace um what's his name uh ben when she decides to change his paper like she, yeah. she's like supposed to print it out and she edits it and save tonight starts playing. oh yeah oh, and wow. it was the first time i'd ever heard the song and it became like a really meaningful song for me after that sneaky good music in that show yeah like there's some just some real bangers also incredible use of sarah mclaughlin that's that was like both really cheesy and then inc- incredibly self-aware i mean no one's ever said incredible use of sarah mclaughlin before I but think you have <laughs> <Whatever. Whatever. laughs> it's, I mean, it's definitely a time capsule i feel 18, yeah you know for sure um i wanted to ask you back to girls though do like what's it like being on set because I feel like um, a lot of TV shows the writers don't go on set yeah we're all on set every day it's weird it's not typical at all um I like it I mean it's exhausting because you're in production for months mm-hmm. and you are on set every day but um it's really nice because I at least for me I feel like very connected to the episodes I remember the experience of shooting them um it's then even cooler to see them cut together with music and stuff like right. it, all, it always looks mm-hmm. different than what you remember seeing and so much changes on set with the actors improvising or with us pitching different lines or realizing a scene doesn't work and rewriting it. So it can, parts are boring, but it can be very exciting. Do you end up doing a lot of rewrites, like on the fly? Some, it just depends on the day. Like, and it depends who's there. And um, if, you know, it's, 
it's more sometimes just with small scenes you like realize there's something missing or it's not quite working and, and we'll rewrite it but usually we have it pretty worked out ahead of time right right yeah it's, it's like it's funny how so many shows mm-hmm. there's like a disconnect between like what's actually filmed and yeah. What, yeah. what's written it's I mean I feel like as a writer you must like want to be on set well yeah and it's also really it's so interesting because sometimes I'll get asked for like to send the script of Hello Kitty and I'll have to go through so many I'll find ones that have plot lines that right. were like out, never made it in or we didn't shoot them or we did shoot them and then they got cut and it's like this doesn't look anything like what you saw on TV but you've gotten some pretty great Adam and Jessa scenes and they're like definitely my favorite couple oh, I, they're girls. so good together they're they're incredible that I also, was like a weird unexpected one for us interesting it's like they just we like saw how good they were together interesting like do you remember the first like episode you're like oh maybe they're like gonna end up together or they're gonna have a relationship I think I don't remember that exact moment but I remember when we were having them spend time together because of AA mm. and when he was dating Mimi Rose we were like it was maybe an episode before it was revealed that Mimi Rose existed and we were like people are gonna think it's crazy like people are gonna think Jessa and Adam are gonna be together you know <laughs> and then it was like ah, we're now thinking <laughs> Jessa and Adam are gonna be together it, they just worked they, like, they're yeah. so great together it's like an amazing energy and like it just like I don't know it, it makes sense um, what has it been like knowing Adam Driver pre and post Star Wars I'm so happy for him. He is the most talented. He's one of the most talented people I've ever met. And watching him on set was incredible. I also just think Lena's a genius for casting him. Like, people were like, he's not traditionally handsome. Like, this is really going to be, like, the love interest on the show. She had chemistry with him. She saw something in him. Like, it's he's lived, surpassed any expectation we ever had. And the fact that the world now recognizes him as, like, this, like, hot stud who can all who can be in like the biggest movies ever like it's incredible he deserves it so much and he's really professional and hardworking. and it's just we've definitely seen his body grow to twice the size <laughs> oh, yeah the physical like, transformation the is part. like we like my jenny my other boss like took pictures like where she's completely hidden behind him <laughs> because he's like so big and he started out kind of like a gangly tall yeah, yeah. is that for a movie or just like for, i think for star wars he oh. had to like really bulk up oh my god it's wild i mean like he could be among the 10 most famous people in the world, like, because of the Star Wars. Which is so, and I don't, right. I'm not going to say, like, girl, he, I think he would have had success regardless, but I'm so happy we got to, like, be the ones to, like, present him first yeah. to the world. Um, and I have some very cool photos of him, like, doing, I told him to, like, pretend to kill me however he wanted from Star Wars. <laughs> so he's doing, I haven't seen it, but he's doing some, like, choke, death choke, yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, that happens. Um, and I, like, send it to my brother and all the little kids I know, and everyone was very excited. That's really funny. That's awesome. Um, we did a thing on the site right before the show, the season premiered, of um, like ranking all the guest stars of all time. There's been some like really amazing ones. Do you have particular favorite guest star or like you know cameos? Oh my god, who are the ones you guys liked? Um, I loved Patrick Wilson, and I, I mean, was very yeah, happy Patrick to have Wilson. him back. Just an incredibly I was a, handsome man. I was part of a very spirited conversation about Patrick Wilson this weekend, and then on Sunday night, uh, he appeared. Yeah, it was really magical. So thank you for that. Was anyone anti? Yes. What? Yeah, I know. I was not. I was just basically standing on the table. Well, not um, everyone likes an adult male blonde. That's true. That he's was among a, the, the the only good ones. Yeah. So you know, that's a that's a problem. I completely people. agree. I think the blondness was kind of the topic of discussion. Uh, but it, I did feel like I personally had summoned him to the episode, which was great. Um, it was exciting to see him come yeah. back. I also had forgotten he was the doctor. That like right, right, right. Totally, didn't, didn't stick with me. Totally. Um, 
Who are some other really good ones? I have, there's just like a lot of. I was the Riz at the beginning of the season. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. great. He was so it was so crazy to see him in that role after like binging the night of. Yes, and, and I was, and he's like a little bit method, so he like stayed. He like used the surfer voice all week. And then at the end, he, like, slipped into his natural... It was like they yelled cut on the final scene, and he was, like, thanking me in a British accent. And I was like, oh, my God. I had no idea. That's funny. <laughs> I wouldn't have taken him for a method actor, too. I don't know if he... I don't want to speak for him and say he's method, yeah. but I do know that he was using that That's surfer funny. voice. It might be hard to switch in and yeah. out of yeah. the accent. He did good accent work. He did. It's you know, true. it's not always... Not everyone can do that. He was so, good. He was yeah. really good. I think the Donald Glover... Two oh, yeah, honestly, it was like mm-hmm. a pretty um, memorable time. Um, I like um, Aidy Bryant. Mm-hmm. She was like real, and she was like a oh, pleasure to have on set. I loved that arc with Shoshana going yeah. to Japan. Um, I can't think of, I mean, if you name some others, like I, I can remember, but it's so hard to just pull up like all of the guests. Yeah, I mean, totally. like Jenny Slade is always funny when oh, she's Oh, yeah. On the people who intersect with Shoshana, I often like because it's sort of like unexpected in yeah. some ways because she is an incredibly unique ca- character. So. Yeah, I some questions about Shoshana. I, when did you guys realize that she was gonna gonna become? I don't want to say the moral voice of someone the said this show. in an interview two days ago. Yeah. They were like, "She's the voice of reason." Now. She is, <laughs> and you know, I, I before the before the season, we also did our favorite episodes, and I went back and watched Beach House because I love that one. But even then, and that's kind of season three. She's like extremely drunk, yeah, and it takes like a lot of alcohol for her to be like you guys are all. Uh, assholes to each other and she, I guess it's rude but even there there is kind of a sense of clarity that um, was maybe not there in the first season yeah I mean she's very young she's supposed to be younger than them right, so right. the first season she's very young and she you know she's a character that in my opinion is like underestimated and like underseen you know like we didn't always have as much material for her that made it in like as we wanted to so um to me, it's like her growing up and growing away from these girls who she sort of fell in with that weren't necessarily the path that she was going to be on. But it's like her cousin is Jessa, you right, know, and like right. she got drawn into this group. And as a result, it's it's her process of growing up, too. So it's like, you know, realizing like I somehow ended up here and I don't want this. Like she's also, I don't know, a lot of girls who might seem like silly or frivolous or whatever people thought of her in like the first season. Like some, you know, as people grow up, graduate college, like find their path, like those same people end up being, you know, highly successful adults. Absolutely. She was certainly always like an organized, quick thinker, even if she was thinking about silly things a lot of the time. Totally. Yeah, she's been a fun transformation. Yeah. Miss her that dorm room. No, oh, I know. It was very bright. Was it a dorm room or I thought it was like no, her she little had her apartment. apartment? Oh, wait, it was like a, a studio? She, oh, it's beginning? been the same apartment. Oh. Damn. There have been some like Yeah, additions. I was going to ask about the kitchen suddenly in this new season. It was like there was an extension or I something? Get, it, there wasn't. I get very upset because I live in a studio right. and I'm like, this isn't accurate to how small they feel. Right. <laughs> Wait, while we're on this topic, the uh, the fashion in this season has been extraordinary. Oh, uh, but, but however, like possibly outside of the people's price range. Like the I spotted one... some number six clogs on Jessa and I was like, I love those. Oh. And also you don't have a job. Yeah. Which I'm not complaining about. It just, it is. I was wondering about Hannah's sweatshirt because that's a very expensive yes. sweatshirt mm-hmm. the typical boy sure. sweatshirt um, but for the most part they really do because I talked to the costumers and they really do get the clothes 
from places the girls could afford. I just think occasionally. I mean, like sometimes the actor has a piece of clothing that we end up using, mm. and that might be. Jessa looks incredible this season. I want she everything that she's wearing. She Not that it does. would look great on me, but it's really she's leveled up. Last season and this season, I just am like I could stare at you for a really long I've time. I've always felt that way. Her yes. face, she has a perfect face. She's beautiful, and yeah. clothes fit her perfectly no matter what. Yeah. yeah, she's just like also the red lipstick is just really I working. Know. She looks great in jeans, which mm-hmm. like everyone wears jeans, but very few people really look great in them. Yeah, and she, she really she, she, she really looks great in everything. <laughs> Yes. Like it's very, it's, it would be impossible to find something that doesn't fit in. Overalls, little t-shirts, big t-shirts with yeah. nothing under them, anything. Naked too. Eating Everything. yogurt. Yeah. yeah. Eating the yogurt was a quite quite a touch. I know. Um, I'm really gonna miss girls when it's over. Yeah, how are you feeling about what are the stages of grief well, or of we saying a, goodbye? We had a long shooting season, so by the end, I think we were all like, okay, like time to get back to our lives. Um, I. It was hard living in two places this whole time. So mm-hmm. it just logistically, uh, like, I feel some, like, relief at just being back in L.A. But it's re- I, it's hitting us now that it's airing. Like, we all keep texting kind of like, oh, this is sad. Yeah. Like, whereas when it was finishing up, we were definitely sad. But it was like, you get caught up in the moment. It feels very exciting right. to finally, like, see all these things we've talked about come to fruition. Um, I think when this season stops airing and we're no longer, like, getting to relive it, like that'll be a it'll hit us even harder. Yeah, I'm, it's gonna hit me hard too. I look I, forward to it. I can't believe it's it's only been five years. Yeah, I mean, it's well, both six, it I both. Guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. But it both seems like the show just debuted because I remember it so vividly. I know, but then it was when such you think a moment. About it, it's so long ago. Yeah, like the th- it's like it, I have the same feeling where I'm like, no, it's like kind of a new show, and then I'm like, no, it's right. like been on forever. Definitely a different climate for. The show, like it just totally would be received. Like, we say that all the time that we don't think girls would get made for HBO right now. Like a show mm-hmm. about four white girls, it just it came at a time that was right for it, and mm-hmm. so much change has happened. Not like as a result of girls, but like in part as a result of like what was on TV then that right. needed to be changed. So like that's just been incredible, and like we, I mean, I can't speak for everyone. I feel lucky that like we got it in when we did. And then, you know, that all this cha- amazing change has happened and now it's like ushered in a new era of TV. Yeah, it's it definitely is like a um, like a like a turning point or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, and like a, there were always there will always be like the Sex and the City comparisons, but it's sort of like a different chapter. Well, it was also mm-hmm. around the same time as like the Mindy Project that we were right. starting to see like non um, traditionally like TV star women, you know, mm-hmm. being accepted as like the lead of a TV show, cover of magazines. Like, totally. That was like a big change that I feel like we're already almost taking it for granted now. Whereas then it was like, what? You know, like Lena's on the cover of Vogue. Like that's exactly. insane. Yeah. yeah. Like and now we're like, yeah, great. Cool. Yeah. Um, Sarah, thanks so much for coming for this. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we're big fans of your work and excited to see the rest of the season play out. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again to listening to this special jam session. We'll be back next week as per usual for our regular jam session schedule. And who knows, if you like this podcast, let us know. And we'll try to do more interviews. We're mixing it up, open to suggestions. Just want to keep you, the listener, happy. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon. 